Hi, everyone, and welcome to the By the Laces podcast. My name is Bilal Malik, and this is my co-host, Trenton Cito. How are you, Trenton? Absolutely fantastic. We have a lot of new blood in the NFL. All of these new players coming in from the draft. Draft was a really exciting time for many teams, including Bears fans. Honestly, I my heart is still beating out of my chest. I still can't believe it's real. How are you, Bilal? I am doing pretty good as well. I mean, nice to see that you're always doing fantastic, Trenton. I mean, it feels like after, what, like a thousand scheduling changes, we have finally been able to sit down and discuss what has taken place in the NFL over the past two to three weeks. I mean, we wanted to do this pre-draft show before the draft. Then we thought, why not do it on the weekend? During the draft, let's do it the week. Then the week after... And then it snowballed into yeah, a mess, basically. But we have finally been able to sit down. And a good thing with the offseason is Trenton that not a lot of stuff actually happens. So we've been able to combine some news with the draft. And today, as we just a little while ago, the NFL released the 2021 schedule. So I think this is going to be a good show. And let's see where it goes from here yeah uh kicking it off one of the biggest storylines in the draft is that Aaron Rodgers not very happy with the Green Bay Packers how does it feel that the biggest storyline basically had nothing to actually do with the draft (laughs) came out a few hours before and I really don't know what to make of it at the time and even now a few weeks later it's like we knew there was drama. We knew they didn't agree with each other. Uh, Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, and Packers management. But now the fact that Rodgers has basically told his teammates, I'm not coming back, it's, uh, it's a lot to take in. Yeah. Um, and it, it just feels like it's adding to all of the drama that there has been in this season or this offseason, particularly with big-name quarterbacks. I mean, we saw it with Deshaun Watson before. We saw it with Russell Wilson, and now it's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, the the Wilson situation, that was more like a fantasy that us Bears fans wanted to see happen, and which we found out later on that they actually did go out and try to pursue him, and at the time Seattle wasn't interested. Uh, Watson is an ongoing situation with all the uh, various lawsuits that he's dealing with. But Rodgers, he's one of the most accomplished quarterbacks to ever play this game. And if anyone has the right to choose who, where he wants to play and who he wants to play with, it's him. I mean, people cut, would go to Green Bay to play with him. And uh, taking a little sidetrack here, I saw an interview the other day with, I think it was Devontae Adams, and I think his contract is up in the next year or two. And he basically suggested that if Aaron Rodgers is not on a team, there's a possibility he will not be there when it's time to uh, re-sign with the Packers. So it just shows how much weight the Rodgers brings. If 
Rodgers is gone, the Packers are nothing. So, yeah, I mean, there's like you said, there's just so much weight on quarterbacks being on a team and generating that free agency interest in, you know, who wants to come back on the team, who wants, who really wants to be on the team. I mean, we saw it with Tom Brady, right? When Tom Brady went to the Bucks, everybody wanted to go to the Bucks. I'm talking about uh, people who are trying to make a comeback here. Uh, Tim Tebow, after eight years, is trying to reemerge as a player in the NFL. Tim but Tebow. not as a quarterback. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, he's 33 years old. He spent almost five years in the Mets minor league system after he uh, – kind of fizzled out in the NFL, made some stops and just didn't really accomplish much, but he's coming back. Going to play for his former college head coach, Urban Meyer. I don't know how this is going to work, Trenton. Um, First, let's take a look at the timeline of Team Tebow's NFL career. 2010, he gets drafted by the Broncos. Wait, also, was he the Heisman Trophy winner that year, too? Uh, or was he in the running court? He won the Heisman Trophy in, I think, 2007? Really? That? Okay. Yeah, so I 2007. I knew it was in his career somewhere. Either he was nominated or he was a winner. But anyway, let's uh, let's take a timeline of his career here. comes in in 2010. And then I don't remember if he plays or not, but there's Kyle Orton there. He's either battling it out with him. Come come down 2011 here, uh, John Fox is the head coach of the Denver Broncos. And also remember, Tebow was – I believe Tebow was one of the uh, – a uh, first-round pick too by the Broncos. And you think of 2011 comes in, I believe Orton starts out the year, but then Tebow comes in and Tebow mania takes over the league. <laughs> uh, you having um, some vested stake in the interests of the Broncos probably remember how the Broncos really weren't that good. They were eight and eight. But what Tebow would do is he would somehow come out at the end of the end of the game. Like he would do nothing for 55 minutes of the game. Last five minutes of the game, he comes in and wins the game somehow. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the biggest moments that Tebow had that everybody remembers is that one throw in overtime against the Steelers. And that was the peak of his career. <laughs> It all goes downhill from there. Um, after that, he gets traded to the, the Jets and is the backup to Mark Sanchez. And New York is New York, right? So the media storm New York is never going to let him go. He's there for a couple of years. And if I'm not mistaken, he goes to uh, New England yep, for a, a small period of time. Yeah. And in my view at that time, I'm thinking if there's any way this guy's career is saved, it's in New England. Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, 
he's learning from the best. There'll be no circus there. There'll be no Tebow mania there. He's going to be like the third quarterback on the team. And then he doesn't make the team. Exactly. <laughs> and then since then he goes to broadcasting and he tries this stint in baseball and it's basically no success in baseball. Kind of goes back to broadcasting and out of nowhere decides to be a tight end. And yeah, at the moment here, the Jaguars haven't even officially signed him, which is something they've tried him out on multiple occasions. They've liked what they've seen, so it looks like they will sign him. But I don't get how this is going to work. Yeah, I honestly don't either. I feel like it's a, the idea of having a Taysom Hill on the team. That's except, what I was going to say. Except yeah. Taysom Hill is a far better passing quarterback than Team Tebow ever was. True, but um, this is something that I've seen circulating the web. If Tebow, let's say 2012, 2013, decided to become the the quote-unquote, let's say, original Taysom Hill, do you think he's still playing? Do you think he has success making this position change at like, and like whatever age he is at the time, 24, 25, instead of 33, after being I, away for eight years, basically? Yeah, I think so. I think just being able to switch positions might have prolonged his career a little bit. I mean, he went to baseball because nobody wanted to give him a chance as a quarterback, and he well, said he didn't want to play that. tight end. Yeah. There's a reason for that. He's not... He was never good at the quarterback position. And look at, look at, um, here's an example of a situation that's worked. Terrell Pryor, right? He played for the Raiders quarterback for a period of time. Then he goes and switches position to receiver. And that probably extended his career by a few years, just being able to adapt and change uh, positions. It's uh, it's interesting. My honest opinion is that it doesn't pan out. And if he's on the team, he doesn't have much productivity because I don't see it working out. But then again, it's May. And the season doesn't start until September. So we'll get a better sense in the offseason than during the uh, training camp, mini camp. All right, I think, I think we spent enough time talking about Tim Tebow for one show. <laughs> we uh, have some news about the NFL and Olympics crossover here, Trenton. Yep, it is DK Metcalf. And he ran the 100-meter, although he failed to advance to the finals to qualify for the Olympics, but he did time in at 10.37 seconds he was the last among the nine in his heat and he was 15 out of the 17 who competed in that particular event okay before we all jump on this we gotta remember that this is dk metcalf 6'3 235 pounds of 
pure muscle. That guy's rock solid. And if anyone saw that game against the Seattle versus Arizona, Russell Wilson throws the pick to Buda Baker, and DK is coming down at 100 miles an hour. I mean, to be in that competitive, honestly, 10.37 on an Olympic track at a 100-meter sprint and to be somewhat in, like, if you look at the footage, these all these runners stop within point seconds of each other. That's just how good they are. I mean, they're trying out for the Olympics, and they're professional sprinters, basically. So he he showed that he can do it. He showed that he has the skill and the ability. I mean, he didn't qualify for the Olympics, but still, good for him. It's uh, it's it's remarkable to see a guy that size moving with that speed. It just shouldn't happen like that. But hey. It was worth a try. Now you think if uh, if they re-ran the race again, but it was who could catch Buda Baker the quickest, they they set Buda Baker out in front as like the pace car <laughs> and see who can catch him. Does DK Metcalf win this race this time? Yeah, because Tinti already doesn't already have experience with the uh, chasing him down. Yeah, he does. There we go. Exactly. <laughs> Poor Buda Baker though. <laughs> Poor Buda Vega running for his life. <laughs> Ten different times. And um, wrapping up this news thing here because we got a lot to cover on this com- on this uh, expanded show. The Washington football team has decided to go to full capacity for this upcoming season. And this isn't more so related to just Washington, but it's just that a lot of teams in general now are slowly putting up plans to allow full capacity at their stadium for this upcoming 2021 season. And it's just telling you another another uh, milestone here in the fight against COVID. Most stadiums last year didn't have fans. Soldier Field for the Bears, and nobody in it. And it made a difference. It didn't the game didn't feel right. The game wasn't the same. And you and I have both gotten our vaccines. And we're just making progress against this against this virus and hopefully life gets returns back to normal soon. So that's all I have to say on this. Yeah. It's a a good point. Um, I think nearly every team either wants to have full capacity or like full capacity only if fans are vaccinated or, you know, full capacity, but with some loose restrictions. So it's, it's really a, a, a team by team basis. And you got to remember this, we're all a big team in our, in ourself. If you want life to get back to normal, you got to do your part. You got to get vaccinated. You got to get the numbers down. And that's what lets the people who are in charge, the people in government who are, have the authority 
to make them feel comfortable with loosening restrictions and allowing life to slowly return. And it's a lot of progress we've made, but we still got a ways to go. So we shall see how things turn out. Now, for our, um, actually, I don't know who's been waiting for this, but uh, our long-awaited draft recap. Trenton is our resident draft expert, so let's, uh, <laughs> let's take it away. The first overall pick went to the Jaguars, and they chose, to everyone's surprise, actually, no, no one was surprised, Trevor Lawrence from Clemson, quarterback. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence finally makes it to the Jags. Uh, Urban Meyer will have a brand new quarterback to work with. Tim Tebow? First year of the team. Not Tim Tebow, but I'm sure he hopes that Tim Tebow will mentor Trevor Lawrence. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be I'd interesting. Stay away from that. <laughs> nothing a men- nothing. That guy has no mentor capabilities. As long as okay, Trevor sorry. Lawrence, as long as Trevor Lawrence doesn't uh, pick up his his throwing motion, then it'll be all good. That's I mean, another story. I mean, speaking of uh, Olympic potential, I don't know. Tim Tebow is a javelin thrower. You know, he's got the form for it. Could be, could be. (laughs) All right. Um, The next pick, number two to the Jets, was also a quarterback. It was Zach Wilson, who really exploded in the college football scene this year. People are calling him basically – like another Patrick Mahomes extending plays and making off-platform throws. So this was also something that was considered one of the the worst-kept secrets of this draft. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, teams haven't been doing so well about uh, keeping secrets. Except. Except. Oh, yeah, except for our next pick, which was the 49ers who decided to make a crazy trade up to number three overall, and then started pumping out all of these rumors that they're gonna they're gonna pick Mac Jones at number three overall, much to the panic of every single 49ers fan everywhere. I mean honestly, uh, you know how these teams put out these videos of them calling their draft prospects? And Kyle Shanahan is talking to Trey Lance and he asks him if he had any idea that this could happen this way. And he's like basically saying stuff along the lines of, yeah, I had no idea you guys wouldn't tell me anything. And he's like, Shanahan's basically, yeah, we told nobody. Apparently most of the 49ers staff had no idea this was going to happen until it happened. So, and the thing is, um, they're getting Garoppolo back from this injury. Garoppolo has been a success. Garoppolo, I think Garoppolo has lost probably less than 10 games as a starter in the NFL. I don't know his record, but I'm just going to go out on a whim and say that he's lost less than 10 games. So he's coming back healthy. 
49ers are a good team. Think about this. Two years ago, they were in the Super Bowl. They are not a bad team. They just had a lot of bad luck. And if they decided to... The injury bug, man. Exactly. And if they have decided that Trey Lance is their quarterback, he's their guy, then let Garoppolo play out this year. Put your team in a position to still win because you're in a position where you can win. You're not in a rebuilding mode. You're just kind of like in a restart mode. Just restarting, like getting back to the settings you were at two years ago. And let Trey Lance learn the way Jimmy Garoppolo learned from Tom Brady. And we'll see where this season goes. If he comes to a point where he needs to come in, he comes in. If he doesn't, he just sits and watches. I mean, he, a lot of major quarterbacks have not played their first year. So, we'll see yeah. how it goes. I mean, physically, Trey Lance is as good as a prospect can get. But, I mean, he only had really one year, one full season that he played in college. You know, sit him behind Garoppolo, try and have a, a Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes type scenario. You know, sit him back not there and let him learn Trubisky the system. Type scenario. Yes, not a Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a mess. Yeah, because you're going to make Mitch Trubisky sit behind Mike Glennon, who is not a good quarterback. And then, and then when Mike Glennon fails, you have to put him in. And at that point, a, the guy has only played 15 games in college. And then it's like, what do we do here? And He's in there playing for a head coach who's not going to be there in the next season. Exactly. And then and then it just spirals into a whole domino effect that we are still cleaning up from. Still recovering from. Yep. Uh, progress, and, though. <laughs> we are making progress and we'll get to it a little bit later but exactly. first at number four Kyle Pitts tight end basically a wide receiver at the tight end position goes to the Atlanta Falcons the Falcons don't pick a quarterback this year they're rolling with Matt Ryan they get him another weapon on the offense are they trying to squeeze as much out of him as possible before he retires Matt Ryan yeah. Yeah. Think about this though. The guy he he did good early on in his career, made playoffs often won a lot of games. Past couple of years with the Falcons, they've been very mediocre. But Ryan's still good talent. He's still got a few years left on him. And just surround him with the right pieces. Maybe next year is a year where you maybe draft a quarterback or you draft him in the second or third round, trying to mold him. I mean, look at it. Dak Prescott was in the fourth round. So it was like that wasn't really part of the plan. It just happened. But Ryan Ryan has enough in the tank left to give. And I just think you need to surround him with a good tight end like he had with Tony Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez is uh, basically a – is he in the Hall of Fame? I believe so. If he is, or if he isn't, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And I 
Yeah. Um, and those years when you had a good tight end like Gonzalez, the Falcons were good. The Falcons were the number one seed a couple of times, once or twice, and were in the playoffs. And just like he's a, a good player. He played the best tight end in college football, uh, the highest draft the tight end in the draft history, I believe, right? Ahead of Ditka. Yep. And yeah, like I wrote, written in our notes here, he's basically a wide receiver at tight end. So why not? Yeah. Um, would you like to hear a depressing Bears fact about Matt Ryan? Um, I bet <laughs> even if I don't, you're still going to give it to me. So Exactly. Um, Matt Ryan has played, what, about 13 seasons in the league? Mm-hmm. And 10 out of those 13 seasons, he would have set the record for Bears passing yards in a single season. <laughs> wow. Just, yeah, just I mean, thought I'd uh, put that in there. I mean, people get mixed up with I – mean, not mixed up, but they get caught up in the fact that the Falcons haven't been good and they put all the blame on the quarterback, which is how things usually work out. Either the quarterback gets all the blame or he gets all the praise. But you got to think about this. Matt Ryan was the MVP of the NFL back in 2016. Took his team to the Super Bowl that year as well. Did they choke really badly in that Super Bowl? Yes, they did. But did they get to the game? Yeah. Which is something you got to look back with Cam Newton as well. It's like you have to sit back and realize, wait, Cam Newton won the MVP. Cam Newton played in the Super Bowl. It's just with all of these quarterbacks with their recent history, you forget how good they can be or have been when put together with the right pieces. Yep. And speaking of the right pieces, Bilal, where were you on a Thursday night in 2021 at the 11th pick overall in the 2021 NFL draft? I honestly, I turned the TV off for that moment. Oh, no. Because I had seen, okay, the Bears are not picking until the 20th pick. I have a few moments to walk away and get some things done. And then all of a sudden, phone notifications are going off that the Bears made a trade. And by the time I turned the TV back on, the pick was in. Like, they were already analyzing the pick. And... I didn't know how I felt. I mean, I would talk with you before and I said that I would feel happy if they traded back, honestly, because I would have thought any player the Bears were going to take at 20 could probably be available at 24, 25. That was just my guess. I don't have any information on that, but it's like, let's trade back, get some picks. But we traded up. And yeah. it was actually a, um, relatively speaking, a cheap trade. Wasn't too expensive. Yeah. Trade the first round picks, and believe it was the fifth round. Number one sixty four. Yeah, fifth round and fifth uh, round pick, and then a twenty twenty two first and fourth. I mean, yeah. 
I feel it's a small payment to pay if you think that that's your guy. Yep. And the Bears pick up Justin Fields, who many have believed to be, besides uh, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, probably one of the most higher ceiling and most pro-ready quarterbacks out of this draft. I mean, you were never going to get Lawrence. You were never going to get Wilson. You probably were not going to get Lance. No matter if you were to get them, you would have to give like the next 10 years of first round picks or something to get them. (laughs) And like you said, Fields is ready, not ready to go, but he's further along in development than you would see. Let him get along in a room with, uh, with Matt Nagy, who can develop him. And before anyone objects to that statement, Matt Nagy did not pick Mitch Trubisky. Matt Nagy inherited Mitch Trubisky. Matt Nagy got a lot of production out of Mitch Trubisky, so much so that he sent him to the he got him sent to the Pro Bowl. Matt Nagy in 2017 picked Patrick Mahomes because he was the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. So Matt Nagy knows how to pick quarterbacks. It's just that for the past three years, Matt Nagy was dealt an unfortunate hand, which he did the most he could to work. And eventually it didn't pan out. And now he went out and got his guy. So I think that they're able they will be able to put it together. Yep. Finally, the Bears have a quarterback who is going to generate has generated honestly almost as much or more excitement than the Jay Cutler trade did. Yeah, and you look at that trade. I mean, I've always been a Jay Cutler fan, but um Speaking of like Matt Ryan, when you surround a player like that with the right pieces, you look at the years of 2010, 2011, 2012, even 2013, put them with the right pieces. You had a dominant defense that those years, led by some of the. I get nostalgia watching old highlight clips of the Bears from those years because it's like. That defense was so good. You had Julius Peppers, Brian Urlacher, Charles Tillman, Lance Briggs, all these top-notch players on defense. And then on offense, you had Devin Hester, you had Johnny Knox, you had Matt Forte, you had Earl Bennett, Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey, just all these players. Not great. Some of them were great, but most of them were decent, but they still played well. And you didn't rely on your quarterback to make every single play correctly. That's what when you when we just talked about Matt Ryan, that's what he needs right now at this stage of his career. But you put those people, those type of good players around Justin Fields, allow him to develop. He can become the guy that you need him to be. And currently we have Andy Dalton. So right now we need even more of those supporting cast players to rise up to help elevate the level of 
play by the quarterback until Justin Fields can be the guy that we need him to be. Very well played. I have no idea how I came full circle with that, but um, <laughs> it was great. It was great, honestly. You got me on one of those tangents like you often do. <laughs> All right. Well, our last pick for the draft overall that we're going to cover is Mac Jones to the New England Patriots, a player who was definitely projected towards the Patriots, but everybody thought the Patriots would have to move up, but the Patriots didn't move up. The Patriots just sat there at 15. They just kept waiting and waiting, and Mac Jones just plops right into their lap. It's all Bill Belichick, man. He's playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers. He knows he's not sweating it. He knows what's going to happen. He's not worried at all. He's like, we know who our guy is. He's going to come to us, and we're not going to have to overspend it. Like, what would have been the saddest piece if they if they did move up to get him? And then later you find that the, no one else had interest in him anyway and until 15. And you realize you could have gotten him for what you were going to get from, for free, basically, instead of paying like the next three years of picks. But no, it was Bill Belichick's genius that, <coughs> that uh, allowed that pick to happen. And he gets to sit behind Cam Newton. He doesn't have to be thrust right into the spotlight. He doesn't have to fill the void of Tom Brady right away. Yep. Um, Conspiracy theory, though. It wasn't Bill Belichick. It was Bill Belichick's dog. His dog is behind every, every trade of the NFL draft. His dog was scheming. His dog has learned from years of observation. Nike the dog. It was an interesting draft. I mean, we only focused on six players here, but if we were going to dissect every player that got drafted this past year, it would, um, we'd be here a while. We probably should have done like a live show during the draft if you wanted to do that, but it was good. Good to see the draft in person. Good to see the big, uh, the big hugs to the commissioner. And Roger Goodell's recliner made an appearance as well. So it was a it was an interesting addition to the stage. It worked. I mean, everyone liked his recliner from the year before in his basement, and they brought it in, and it worked. And again, another sign of life: live events, the NFL draft. He's probably like, uh, I get that back, right? I, I can bring that back to my basement. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, we, we can borrow it for this event. Exactly. You might want to get that disinfected, though. Oh, all the people who sat in it. Even though they were all fully vaccinated, having that many people on your recliner might be just a little, little much. Yeah, it was... Uh... It was an exciting night. There might be a lot of, a lot of sweat on that recliner. <laughs> and um, let's move on to some Bears news here, Triton. 
Um, whew, okay. We want to express our condolences to Chicago Bears running back Tariq Cohen. Um, I believe it was earlier this week that we found out that his twin brother, I honestly didn't even know he had a twin. His twin brother, Terrell Cohen, uh, passed away. And I have no idea how to, what to really say at the moment. It's just that the entire city of Chicago cares for Tree Cohen, cares for his family. And we all know that everyone is thinking of the Cohen family at this time. Yeah, that's, that's really all you can say. Yeah. So, um, we just discussed some draft picks, right? But now let's dive into Bears picks here. Specifically, uh, we just covered Justin Fields. I don't think there's anything. I mean, there's one little uh, anecdote that I didn't get at earlier. I believe when Justin Fields and Matt Nagy met, we was a pro day. Nagy gave him a certain set of plays. And later on, they met again or they Zoomed or they did something, some interaction, and Nagy asked him about those plays. And Fields was able to uh, basically talk it back to him. He understood them. He remembered them. So it's like these guys feel like this guy fits in the system, so... Otherwise, they wouldn't have taken him, according to Justin Fields in his press conference afterward. So, yeah, let's hope it works. And a little side note on the quarterback situation. The Bears actually told Andy Dalton that they were probably going to trade up for a quarterback. They're probably going to pick a quarterback. So uh, he wasn't blindsided like Mike Glennon was. Mike Glennon was at the draft party. When that happened, yeah, Soldier Field. Him, him, and uh, John Fox just kind of, kind of looked and went, "Huh? What? What happened?" Yeah, but um, it you had to expect it was going to happen though with Andy Dalton. It was a one-year deal. He knew he he probably knew he was going to come in as like a bridge guy to just bridge between a younger guy and someone who can be placed in the system at the moment. So, yeah. Otherwise, they would have signed him to like a five-year deal. We know Andy Dalton's not the future. He's just the present. And he's who we have to deal with at the moment. So, that's who we're rooting for. Uh, Round two, we picked an offensive tackle. Named Tavon Jenkins. Yep, Jenkins. Um, honestly, a really, really fantastic player. Just so strong in blocking. He finishes his blocks. He's actually the guy that a lot of analysts mocked that the Bears would get at number 20. And he fell all the way to the second round. The Bears traded up to pick him up. Um, they traded up with the Panthers. And they gave up their second rounder 
their third rounder and their sixth rounder in order to move up for, for one Kevin thing with Ryan Pace is that he knows how to make these moves without overselling like giving up way too much like the Khalil Mack move a couple of years ago two first round picks and a couple of late rounders for a guy with that much talent was a steal the move with Justin Fields a steal the move with Tavon Jenkins here another steal say what you want about the guy it's just he knows how to negotiate his way through getting these star players at the right time in the right place I mean, you're getting a first-round graded person, according to the Bears themselves, in the second round. It's a steal by anyone's definition. Sticking with the offensive linemen, uh, we picked up when we got our next pick in the fifth round. We picked Larry Borum. Larry Borum, yep. He, uh... Honestly, I feel like he might end up being a starter down the line, even if he's just rotational. But, I mean, another solid offensive pick, just giving protection for whoever might be under center, whether it's Andy Dalton or Justin Fields, you know, just continuing to build that. Um, I mean, I would have wished that they picked a, a wide receiver earlier. I mean, we'll see that they picked a wide receiver later in the drafts further down this list, but I mean, two offensive linemen, that's, that's not too bad. And even if he's not ready to start, he can probably come in as a substitutional player every once in a while to, uh, in situations where you need an additional offensive lineman. So, uh, round six, pick 33, we picked Khalil Herbert running back. Khalil Herbert. Honestly, one of the pretty solid running backs in this draft. I mean, Khalil Herbert definitely gives now an option besides David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen. I mean, Khalil Herbert can come in. He can take up some of these carries and just allow the other running backs to be fresh because, I mean, once Tariq Cohen went down last season, it was just David Montgomery, and there was really no change of pace. There was really no substitution. And the thing with Montgomery is the Montgomery's a uh, – I don't, I don't know. I say this about being negative, but Montgomery's like a one-dimensional runner. He's the power runner who has the speed, but he's going to bulldoze his way through it, which is what you need in a power back. But those guys also wear down easily, so you want to prevent that wear and tear in your star running back. So, and Tariq Cohen is that shifty joystick type of guy who will get around. But like you say, when he went down, we didn't have anyone to counterbalance. If you have the guy like uh, Herbert in there to kind of uh, reduce the load off of Montgomery and just another aspect that has to be thought of, in the running game because just the past couple of years, the Bears running game has not been the best and it's just trying to improve, which has showed signs of improvement towards the end of last season. Uh, sticking in the third, in the sixth round, we picked at four spots later, we picked a wide receiver, Daz Newsom. 
Yeah, Daz Newsom. I mean, he's hopefully he'll he'll make it into the lineup. I mean, the Bears already have been trying to trade away Anthony Miller, but I mean, we'll we'll see. Hopefully, we can develop him and he will be able to make an impact. But he's uh honestly he's kind of feels like another Darnell Mooney, which of course is, is fine. I mean, for the Bears. That turned offense. out good on its own. That turned out really well. Right. So, uh, you know, he's not, he's not a super exciting high round early in the draft pick, but I mean, hopefully the Bears can find a role for him. Definitely. And closing off with our third pick in the sixth round at number 44, we picked Thomas Graham Jr., cornerback. Cornerback. Um, I mean, can he can he replace Cal Fuller? Probably not. Can, can he, he compliment Jalen Johnson? Yes, he can. Yeah. Um, Do I think he'd be starting week one? No, I don't. Do I think he fits in as a good substitutional player? Yes. Yeah. Very Do I true. want him on the field when Aaron Rodgers is about to take a game-winning shot? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of hard. Who who do you want on the on the field when Aaron Rodgers is taking that shot? Kyle Fuller. So he <laughs> won't be there. Charles Tillman. That's who I want on the field. Well, yeah, I get. I mean, he's in the sixth round. There's a reason he fell that far is because there is some developmental that needs to take place. But I think the Bears have proven their success in developing defensive stars. And if Sean Desai, our new defensive coordinator, who has been around this team since 2013, through multiple quarterbacks, through multiple defensive schemes. I think they can develop this guy to be the type of player they need in the moments that they'll need him in, at least this season, and hopefully he can become more um, substantial player in the in the defense going forward. Yep. And closing off our 2021 Chicago Bears draft in the seventh round, pick number 23. We had Kairis Tonga, defensive tackle. Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, of course, when you pick somebody in the seventh round, probably a special teams guy, probably, you know, a, a depth chart kind of guy. Um, but also probably someone with potential. Yeah, Someone, I mean, there's a reason you picked him instead of letting him go undrafted. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tonga is six foot two, but he's 325 pounds. He's another Eddie Goldman. He's another Akeem Hicks. You know, one of those big-bodied players that can take up space, just eat up space on that defensive line. And having those two guys on the team as mentors. I mean. Those are some of the best defensive tackles in the game. I mean, Akeem Hicks is a legit bear in real life. He's a bear. <laughs> He's probably one of my favorite players on the team. So, um, it'd be good. I mean, the Bears had a good draft. 
a lot of people have been giving them a high marks and grades. One positive, uh, I mean, one criticism is not of the Bears, but it's just this whole grading system. Is how can you grade people who haven't even played for the team yet? <laughs> a lot of people are like, just give them two or three years to perform before you actually go back and before you give them a grade. But these pundits and these analysts, they have to do their job and they have to give content and analysis. So everyone who did gave the Bears a really high score. And let's just hope this translates into results on the field. Yep. That's a good point. All right, Trent. Today was like Christmas Day for us fans. Oh, Yes. What did we the unwrap NFL today? schedule came out. <laughs> 6.45 Central Time. The Bears dropped their 2021 NFL schedule, along with every other team. But um, before we dive into the Bears schedule, and we do some analysis in that, standing through the schedules for the league as a whole, there are a few matchups that come to mind. Starting with the return of Tom Brady to Foxborough, Massachusetts. Week the Bucks four. Bucks and Patriots, Sunday night. That's going to be quite the interesting game. Do you think Cam Newton is starting this game or Mac Jones is starting this game? Week four, I'm going with Cam Newton still starting in this game. I don't think Bill Belichick would be ready at that moment to turn the keys over to something drastic would have had to happen for Newton to Newton to lose lose that position in some some way. Who do you but, think wins this? Right now, I think the Bucks do. But I don't think it's more of a Newton versus Brady. I think it's a Belichick versus Brady thing. Because remember, Belichick's the, a defensive-minded guy. And Tom Brady plays offense for the other team. So he's going to be scheming against the guy who he's basically created. He created Tom Brady. Tom Brady yeah. was a sixth-round pick. And Almost who's the fourth quarterback on the depth chart in 2000, who was almost cut by Bill Belichick, who had won Bill Belichick five, five Super Bowls, right? Or six? I forgot how many Super Bowls Tom Brady's won. <laughs> I lost count. He's, he's won more than one, he's won more than two. After that, I'm like, okay, he, he's won a lot. He's either seven. Let's go through this now, Trent. Now this is annoying me. 2001, <laughs> 2003, 2004, 2005, 2005. Yes. So, 02. Oh, those, these are the years. These yeah. are the actual years, but the seasons. It was the 01 season. Oh, it was the 03 gotcha. season. It was the 04 season. It was the 2014 14. season. 
Yep. It was the 2016 season. What are we at? Mm-hmm. Five. Yep. And then it was the 2018. 2018 season. So that was six. He won Bill Belichick six Super Bowls, and now he's won a seventh on his own in Tampa. This is a Bill Belichick versus Tom Brady game. This isn't the. This is not the Cam Newton versus Tom Brady, because Belichick will be scheming against Brady, and he knows Brady pretty well, and Brady knows Belichick well. So, two different teams with a lot of familiarity, and don't forget the Gronk is playing on the on the Bucks too. So, Belichick knows how to defeat Gronk as well. Yeah, honestly, going into this game, I would take Bill Belichick over Tom Brady. I mean, yeah, it's a fair point. I mean, at this point, we're sitting in May. What do we know what's going to happen down in <laughs> September, October time frame? It's true. Um, the next game that comes to mind here is the Lions versus the Rams in week seven. It's the imposter game. It is the game of the quarterback swap. Week it's like the seven. movie Face Off, where they <laughs> switch, switch, uh, switch bodies. It is Matthew Stafford. It is Jared Goff, but they're on different teams. That's yeah. It's um, gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I think. My opinion. Jared Goff is the better quarterback. Okay. But are the Lions the better team is the question. Ooh, that's good. The Lions, I feel, will always be the Lions. Even with a new head coach? That is questionable. I don't know anything about this guy. Other than he's... I just know off of this press conference where he wants to go after people's knees. He likes kneecaps. (laughs) He is... He has a very distinct like for kneecaps. When has new head co- when have new head coaches for the Lions done anything productive in the past 10 years, 10 15 years? That's uh not <laughs> that often. Yeah. I bet they're still uh, regretting firing Jim Caldwell <laughs> after a 9 and 7 season. Anyway, going to London now, Trenton. We got the Jaguars versus the Bengals. No, sorry. This is not London. This is (laughs) the Jaguars are playing in London. We'll get to that in a minute. But these are the Jaguars versus Bengals in Cincinnati. Trevor Lawrence versus Joe Burrow, the previous number one overall picks from the past two years in week four. It's going to be quite the interesting game um of course we don't know how trevor lawrence is going to be we don't know how urban meyer is going to be doing in his first year four weeks in four weeks in where do they go how how do they perform four weeks in did they have a did they win a game or or have they won a game and lost three games like they were did last year because remember the jaguars won their first game they lost all 15 after that. <laughs> That's how they got Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, sorry. I cut you off earlier. Is is Joe Burrow's knee going to be okay? 
I mean, is he is he back? Is he is he up to to full health by week four? Yeah, I think he's probably going to be in a better position. I think he starts the season. I think he has some rust maybe early on, but by week four, he's that rust is off. Yeah, it'll be a it'll be an interesting matchup to see. Definitely. Sure. Now we're going to London, Trenton. Yay! The Jets at the Falcons. Wow, it's after another... a year away of London. We have two London games. This is the first one. It's another rookie quarterback. It is Zach Wilson playing against the Falcons. Zach Wilson gets a little vacation in London in his rookie season. A little it's a work little... trip, Trenton. It's not a vacation. It's a little weekend getaway. <laughs> Go visit the Queen. Yeah, go visit the Queen. Um, I mean, hopefully for Zach Wilson, the stage isn't too big. Um, but I mean, know, he, he's going to get a nice dosage of what the international fan base is like for the NFL. Mm-hmm. Because the league has done their best to grow the brand in other countries, and they basically used England as a hub for that. Fans who fans who live in Germany, fans who live in France, friends who live fans who live in any other country now have a location closer to them to come attend a game. People I remember I'm gonna go off a little like two minute tangent. I remember when the Bears played back in twenty eleven against the Buccaneers in London. Before the game, the announcer on the field, the commentator, I think it was like Tony Saragusa. Um, he was like, the atmosphere here is like what you would expect at a Super Bowl. But this is just a regular season game. But to, but at that time, of, by that point, there wasn't this regularity of having a London game or having two London games or three London games a year. It was that one London game. So it's like the stage is a big stage. I mean, it's literally an international stage to play. We shall see. Yeah, and uh, next on our list is two teams that are no strangers to being on the international stage. It's going to be the Jaguars going to England for an NFL record eighth time and the Dolphins going for their fifth time. So two teams that have been there a lot. And two another rookie quarterback. Yeah. Two teams London to play each other. Yeah. They must not be happy. I mean, they could have I mean, stayed home. Yeah. <laughs> they <laughs> could have stayed home. In Florida. Hit each other uh, in, in decent weather that they're used to. But nope, they're going to fly all the way across the world. But uh, Trevor Lawrence, another rookie quarterback, gets his chance to have his little work trip as you put it in london um and maybe he'll maybe he'll get to meet the queen and the queen will run her finger through his luscious locks <laughs> yeah again with same thing got nothing else to add except the same thing we're gonna have with zach wilson it's just the stage is gonna be big and is he up to it up until that point he would have played five games of the nfl season so Let's just to see if they can maintain it as just another game. 
and the Jaguars have been there, like you said, eight times. And their success overall hasn't been that good. But when they've gone to London, they've actually played better than they played in Jacksonville at times. So we shall see. All right, Triton, we have made it to the portion of the show where we where we are going to analyze the Chicago Bears' 2021 schedule. So, uh, the Bears' schedule starts off with a Sunday night, a Sunday night football, week one against the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, week two, we go... Uh, afternoon home game versus the Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals. Week three, we have an afternoon away game at Cleveland. Week four, we have an afternoon home game versus Detroit. Uh, week five, this is a later afternoon game versus the Raiders. Week six, we have a home game versus Green Bay. Sunday afternoon, uh, week seven, we are going to Tampa for a afternoon, late afternoon game. Um, week, uh, yeah, I mean eight now. Sorry, I keep losing track. Uh, we are at home to play San Francisco for a Sunday afternoon game. And then week nine, we are going to Pittsburgh for a Monday night football game with, I mean, Monday night in Pittsburgh. That is something. After that, we have our bye week, and then we go to Baltimore for a Sunday afternoon game. Then we have Thanksgiving at Detroit. Home game Sunday afternoon versus Arizona. At Green Bay for a Sunday nighter again. At home versus Minnesota for a Monday night. At Seattle for a late afternoon Sunday game. At home for the Giants, Sunday noon. And closing it out on January 9th, 2022, we are going to Minnesota for a Sunday afternoon game. Which... Hopefully, by the end of this point in 2022, the Bears are in a good position to uh, make the playoffs. Hopefully. And one interesting thing here is that this is the first time in the over 100-year history of the Chicago Bears that we are playing um, the schedule alternating between home and away games. The schedule has never there are no back-to-back home games but there are no back-to-back away games this year it's all alternating what do you think that does though for a team to know that home game away game home game away game home game away game how does like that i mean i think it's definitely going to be nice um they have a little bit of a break they know they they're gonna have a little bit of a break between each one. You know, it's not gonna be like one of those uh, one of those graphics that I don't know ESPN or one of the the TV providers might have put up where it's like, oh, this team traveled here and then they traveled here this next week and they travel here and you know they count up the 
the distance that they traveled. It's not going to be like that as much because the Bears will be returning home to play a game. They have a little break in between each away game. So I think it should keep them well-rested. Yeah, and do you see the opening game is Sunday night against the Rams, and this is going to be in their brand-new stadium, SoFi Stadium. Who is hit? Who were not allowed to have any fans that game. Now, for any other team, that would probably terrify them. But if you look at the history of Bears fans, they travel well. So I would not be surprised to see a good portion of the of the stadium filled with full of Bears fans. Yeah, I mean they're they're going to be playing in an unfamiliar stadium against a familiar face in Matthew Stafford. And a familiar opponent because the past four years in a row we played the Rams and three years in a row we've been playing in LA. So, And we played in that stadium last year too. It's just that it was empty. Did we play well against them? No. <laughs> oh, no. But that that's a story for, for another time. Yes, and look to the future. Look to the future, Bilal. <laughs> exactly. Um, and we're opening in prime time for the third time in the past four years. So at least the NFL keeps giving us the shot to uh, have a nice start to the season in front of our national audience. Let's see what else fun facts we can dig up here. Uh, these are from chicagobears.com uh, head writer Larry Mayer's Twitter account. Thank you to Larry for putting these facts together so that I didn't have to uh, do any research. Um, before we do that, Trenton, there are 17 games this year. No more eight and eights, no more uh, nine and sevens, no more of these single digits I mean you could have single digits no yeah it'd be eight and nine so what do you think yeah uh, it's going to take weird adjustment to these new records yeah maybe the Bears will finally have their first uh, 4,000 yard passer although although the Bears might still not have their first 4,000-yard passer if uh, if Justin Fields comes in. Uh, and- that is something I want to get into, but before, um, before that, I just want to keep going through some of these fun facts that Larry has posted here. Um, this is going to be the third time that the Bears are playing on Thanksgiving in Detroit under Matt Nagy. They have won three straight Thanksgiving games overall and uh, can get their fourth victory on on Thanksgiving for the first time since they won five in a row from 1930 to 19, 1934. So Thanksgiving games are always fun, and especially when your team is playing. If they win, it makes Thanksgiving dinner fun and the rest of the weekend relaxing. They lose. It isn't fun, but uh, we have not lost on Thanksgiving since 2014, so it's good to go. Good to know. 
a couple more a couple more fun facts here, and then we'll do a little more dissection of the schedule. Uh, the Bears will be playing the Packers for the on in prime time for the 16th straight season. Ten out of the last eleven times have been in Lambeau. The last time the Bears hosted the primetime game against the Packers was Week One, 2019, which we have sadly lost ten to three, which we uh, could have won because we only kept the Packers to ten points, which is remarkable effort by that defense. But again, like you said, look in the future. <laughs> look in the future. Um, before we dig into the schedule, Trenton, I want to also mention the preseason schedule is out. On August 14th, we are playing Miami at home. August 21st, we are playing Buffalo. And August 28th, we are going to Tennessee. These are all Saturday games. And there is something interesting about the Buffalo game. Who is the who's the backup quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, Trenton? Backup quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. It is Mr. Mitchell Trubisky. A very familiar name to Bears fans. Yeah, and uh, I mean the guy's been the quarterback since 2017, and we've had our ups and downs, but I think this is the perfect opportunity for the Bears fans, for the Bears teams to kind of acknowledge him. I mean, did it work out? No. Did we have good times? Yes. Did we go to the playoffs two out of three years? Yes. Did he show that he was capable of greatness at times? Yes. But that basically sums up the Mitch Trubisky era with the Chicago Bears. And it was a rough time. But both sides are probably better for moving on. But I still think that this is a good opportunity for Bears fans to show some appreciation towards him. I mean, the stadium will be full or as full as you can get for a preseason game. And it's just an opportunity to see what happens. He's probably going to get a decent playing playing time because he is the backup quarterback. And we shall see what comes of it. One thing I want to note is that there are going to be two weeks of a gap difference between the last preseason game and the first regular season game. Usually because there are four preseason games in the past, the gap was less. But now it is an extra week. So we will have one week of downtime in between. Unless Ryan Pace decides to do another trade at the last minute for a Cleo Mack type player, which he did during that last week. All right, Trenton, I want to run through the schedule with you again and let's make a note of what we do we're not going to hold um, each other accountable for this because again it's May let's do a way too early prediction let's um, predict the Chicago Bears 2021 NFL season alright you up for it 
I am up for it. All right. Um, week one at the Rams. Taking a win or a loss? Ooh. This is going to be an interesting one. Uh, let's go with a... Let's go with a Bears win. Let's start off the season nicely here. I'll I'll take it as well. Take it away. Take a win. Are you making note of this, or should I? I got it. All right, cool. Saw you like your little keyboard motions there. I just wanted to see. Wouldn't verify. Wouldn't want to go through this whole exercise when it's not having the record. Uh, week two, Bengals. Ooh. Bengals. I'm honestly going to take another win here, too. I am, too. I mean, still the Bengals. Burrow is still developing, especially because he had that setback with his rookie year. Taking the Bengals. At the Browns, week three. Uh, I'm going to say this is the Bears' first loss. Hmm. I think it's a winnable game, honestly. I think it's a winnable game. I mean, but that is, does that mean they will always win every winnable game? Hey, we're not holding each other accountable for this. Let's just put it down. I'll take this as a loss as well. Okay. All right. Uh, week four, Lions at home. This, I think, should be one that the Bears can win. It's one they should definitely win. It's the Lions. And put me down as a win as well. Uh, at the Raiders. Ooh. It's going to be... Uh, it's going to be interesting. At the Raiders. They have that new... Uh, what is it? Like their, their DJ lounge yeah, or something? Yeah, DJ in the end zone. It's like a <laughs> DJ nightclub type situation. It's a Vegas. What do you expect? <laughs> that's true um wow uh let's let's go with a win here too should win this but i think that this might be a loss all right in my heart i want to win every game but i gotta be practical at this moment uh, week six in green bay no sorry at home versus green bay Oh, man. It's the Packers. Well, I mean, assuming Aaron Rodgers is still there, I think the Bears are going to lose this one. I'm going to give them the win in this one. I think they beat the Packers at home. But when it comes down to Lambeau, they might lose that one. Mm. At the Buccaneers. I'm going to have to. Beat them last year. (laughs) <laughs> we did we did beat him last year and that was with Nick Foles um, and that was also with Tom Brady forgetting that fourth down was a thing yeah it's four tries not five um, I don't I don't think he's going to forget that again so I he think could. it's possible but I'm going to give this one to the Bucks. yeah I'm going with that one too Wasps loss here uh, week eight, 49ers at home. Ooh, 49ers. 
Now, this is going to be probably a, a healthy 49ers team. I mean, they're going to have Garoppolo back, I would assume. They're going to have Raheem Mostert back. They're going to have Nick Boza back. Uh, I... I might have to give this one to the 49ers. The Bears going to handle it at home. Yeah, put me down as a win. Uh, at the Steelers. Oh, Steelers. Monday um, night. Wow. I think the Bears can win this one. They they have proven successful against the Steelers in the past, so Just put them down as a win. Ravens at home. Ooh, this one is going to be a little tough. I think. I mean, Lamar Jackson is going to be a threat, just regardless. Um, but he's slowly become a one-dimensional threat. I mean, his passing skills are there, but they aren't top Aaron Rodgers quality yet. The running, you take the running away from him, what's left? Yeah. And I know he is a quarterback. He can throw, but I'm when only gonna, dependent on that, he isn't the best. I'm going to put this one down as a win, I think. Might be close, though. I like how I... Announced everything wrong with <laughs> Lamar Jackson, and then I'm still going to pick him to win. The Ravens win. Okay. Lions at Lions Thanksgiving. I'm going to come out and say it. I'm saying this is a win. It's going to be a win. Thanksgiving. It's it's just another one of those classic games. All right. Uh, Ten days later, Cardinals at home. December 5th. Ooh, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray with DeAndre Hopkins, with AJ Green, with JJ Watt. That's a lot of firepower on, on the Cardinals. True, but you're playing at home in December. True. From a That's team who plays in a dome in the desert. I'm still going to go with the Cardinals in this one. I'm going with the Bears on this one. I think the home field actually makes an impact. At Green Bay. Ah, at Green Bay. I think the Bears are going to take the L on this one. Yeah, I said that I say they split the Packers series. They win the home one, lose the away game. Monday night with the Vikings at home. Bears have had success against the Vikings. I'm going to say Bears. Same. I think that if we had a competent quarterback playing that that game early on uh, in at the end of November last year, we we win that game. And we were in position to win the game because of a Cordero Patterson touchdown. But I think we will have competent quarterback play at the time of this game. So I think the Bears win this game. Uh, a few more to go, Trenton, at Seattle. Seattle's going to take this one, I think. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm predicting a tough one. 
a uh, hard-fought game. But yes, Seattle as well. Uh, last two games here, Trenton. New York Giants at home. I think the Bears are going to win this one. Same here. And Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota to close out week 18 on January 9th, 2022. I'm going to say another win for the Bears here. Same here. So what does this come out to with our uh, win-loss record that we are projecting? Give me one moment to tally everything up. Trenton and his master calculations. I believe you have the Bears at 11 wins, and I have the Bears at... Ten wins. Hmm. Interesting. So you're saying they go ten and seven. I say they go eleven and six. Wow, those records just do look weird. Imagine those in my head right now. Eleven <laughs> and six and ten and seven. Yeah. Um, but they are probably good enough to make the playoffs. Probably. Unless with the expanded games, ten games isn't good enough anymore. We shall see how this all shapes up. Hey, uh, before we close up shop here, I would like to ask you one question. Ask away. Does Justin Fields play at all this season? Oh, man. And if he does, for what reason does he come in? Because we know that Andy Dalton is going to be the week one starting quarterback unless something spectacular happens in the offseason. Yeah, um, I mean, I can give you two, two or three different scenarios here. My dream scenario is basically what happened with Patrick Mahomes, in that he sits behind Alex Smith for basically an entire season. I mean, of course, Alex Smith plays well enough to be the starter for the entire season. I mean, he I mean, takes he them, them to, the, to the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. But. Um, yeah, I my ideal situation would be we don't see Justin Fields until the very end of the season and they put him out there, he he lights it up in the last game or two and and that's that. You also only put him in the last game if you don't need that last game. Right. Now you could be completely out of playoff contention at some point and then you put him in yeah. For how many games you have left, which hopefully mm-hmm. is not the case. But I agree with you. I think the Mahomes scenario is the way to go. I hope that Andy Dalton stays healthy. I hope that Andy Dalton puts up productive numbers. I hope the Bears are in a pretty decent position when it comes to playoff situations and we are a competitive team. And I don't want Justin Fields out there when he's not ready. We learned that with Mitch Trubisky. That didn't pan out that well. And I do not see Matt Nagy pulling a Brian Flores and just switching <laughs> him in just for the sake of him like he did with – like Flores did with Fitzpatrick and Tua. So Yeah. I mean, the Bears have their bye week almost right in the middle of their schedule this year, which is – it's definitely an interesting place. 10. I think it's a week 
10. So you get a pretty good sense of where you are at, at week 10. But again, with an expanded schedule, you have seven more games to play. So it's like... Yeah, I mean, if Andy Dalton is seven, yeah. super mediocre or just performing terribly, I could see the media and the fans pushing for the Bears. Yeah, but again, they, yeah, they're not the feeding. ones in charge. What if the, What if he's super mediocre? What if he's... If Andy Dalton is less than average, we brought him in to be average, basically. We brought him to be a little above average. That's what he was always going to be. But if the team is in a position where they're successful and he's not making mistakes, if he's not turning the ball over, if he's not making the wrong decisions, and the team is in a position where they can succeed, then I don't see the move. I don't see the reason to make a quarterback switch halfway through the season for a rookie quarterback who is who could jeopardize your season. Again, these are complete hypotheticals. We're sitting in May talking about something that could happen in November. But yeah. Um good show, man. Long show. Good show. Covered a lot of detail. Can't yeah. wait to see what happens. Yeah. And as always, we don't know what's going to happen next week or, or two weeks from now. There might be big news. There might be no news. So and There might be a show. There might not be a show. I think we should probably revise the ending of our statement here. So <laughs> to close out the show, um, thank you for listening to Body Laces. We hope you have a great rest of the week. We'll be back whenever we'll be back. And with another episode and so in the meantime don't forget to follow us at bill malik 15 and trenton underscore cedo please stay safe wear a mask get vaccinated let's get life back to normal anybody seen buddha baker dk metcalf's looking for him <laughs>